Hey, before we jump in today, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity. Y'all remember Jay Levitt Pearl? He's been a guest on the show a couple of times. Well, uh, Dr. Pearl's latest project is called the Radical Theology Seminar. So if you're dissatisfied with dominant theological traditions because they don't speak to our complex political and ecological situation, or if you're just like a religious misfit, you know, basically, if you're a Christian, uh, then the Radical Theology Seminar is an opportunity for you to engage a cutting-edge, transgressive theology that's capable of disrupting our religious and racial and class and gender boundaries, um, and and really has the aim of social and political and religious transformation. So if you sign up for this seminar, you'll get access to monthly live lectures, um, You'll be entered into monthly book giveaways for seminal texts in the field of radical theology. You will have access to the Radical Theology Seminar Facebook group, a secret Facebook group. Um, you'll receive a really cool God is Dead enamel pin. Um, and at the acolyte level, you'll learn from and interact with, honestly, some of the most respected scholars in the field of radical theology. You'll get to speak with them directly. Uh, so join the conversation today. Check it out. Patreon.com slash radical theology. So uh, are you prepared for today? <laughs> well, I tried to. Um, we were supposed to do two episodes, right? Yeah. And that that was the plan to record two episodes one where we're reviewing our predictions from last year and assigning each other points uh and then one where we make new predictions for next year and i just i i went back and did the research to review your predictions from last year but i really couldn't get into the like the prophetic gifting yeah the the movement of the spirit i just wasn't in the right place it's really hard to uh, access um, yeah there's a lot of blood involved <laughs> <laughs> and fog and uh, and music that I hate listening to, but that's it's the only music that works. <laughs> it's Yanni. <Right. laughs> I have to turn on Yanni. <laughs> um, yeah. So you were about to tell me right before we pressed record, and I said, wait, wait, wait. I just want to see if this is maybe something that I would want recorded about <laughs> us in high body. school. Well, yeah, we were talking about like how we both got a little bit more studio, not studio, like we got a little bit more interested in learning stuff after we got out of high school. And I don't know about you, but that wasn't exactly true for me. Um, what it was is that in high school, you're not allowed to like anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's not cool to to be interested in anything, and especially not in Well, that's how we define learning. geek. I mean, to be totally honest, like, that's how we define a geek, is someone who is too interested in basically yeah. anything. If right. you're, like, really into <laughs> right. music, then you're kind of a geek. If you're really into books or whatever, Dungeons and Dragons, or, like, being really into anything was the geeky, like, trope of the you know late 90s early 2000s yeah it's i don't know if that's still bird. true because i think geek culture kind of took over in a way where like being really obsessed with anime is now like that's totally cool you can be a cool guy who's really obsessed with anime but i don't know yeah. when we were growing up i'd like to hear from some listeners on that too just to know 
Well, I think even like when I work with teenagers now, like at church and stuff, I, I still think that that is the case, that it's like we've broadened the range in our cultural conversation. We've broadened the range of the things that you're allowed to be interested in. But I still think that in general, in high school, you're not supposed to have any, you're not supposed to like anything. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. But like, I remember us in high school, this is what I started to tell you, uh, kind of like making fun of bo- <laughs> books, <laughs> just like, <laughs> I, re- I specifically right. remember a conversation where you said, did you know they still made books? <laughs> like, I thought that these were just all leftovers from like before they were already TV. Written. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, but I was like, yeah, <laughs> books. But I, you know, I like to read and stuff. <laughs> and then um, I, rem- like, I, I remember the feeling of getting back together at some point while we were both in college or after college or something and kind of being like, so I, I read now <laughs> and yeah. having this like awkward conversation about, yeah, well, yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. And you smoke s- cloves. Like I read yeah, and sure. I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> so everything yeah. I once stood for, I'm now opposed to. Uh, yeah. I read exactly one book in uh, high school. It was Of Mice and Men. Catcher in the Rye. Oh, nope, of mice and men, John Steinbeck. I didn't read Catcher in the Rye until I was an adult. I, it was it was years after high school that I went back and read that. Oh, that was a mistake. Yep. When I thought like it was really really good in high school, and it turns out to be really shitty. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> I you know I was like I'm a grown man now, and I I like well written things, and I like literature. I'm gonna go back and read this salacious book that everybody was so up in arms about whenever I was in high school and first of all it's it's not that salacious <laughs> it's really not no. i mean it has bad words in it and uh but i mean in the grand scheme of things not that many uh <laughs> it's not like uh it's not like an episode of the sopranos or anything um <laughs> right but yeah this this all seems to really check out I, I think i remember being pretty opposed to that kind of thing and uh was never a very good student um, until I wasn't a student anymore, and then I became a student of of many things. <laughs> then, I, and I think I also started to, like, I tapped into the um, the success gene or whatever that is, or the like, like the the tie between your quality of life and the amount of effort that you put into things. Um, and maybe that's part of it. Like in high school, that's just not true. Your quality of life doesn't change with your effort. Um, and yeah, then right. sometime after college, you st- you get a couple of jobs because you're white and privileged and, you know, got a free education and all that. Like you, you can get a few jobs. And then I just landed in a place where I was like, well, if I want if I end up, if I'm going to end up doing anything I actually want to do, I'm going to have to work for that a little bit and read for that. And then you start like to enjoy being a student and but again, for me, it was there was like a payoff thing. I don't think there was ever a truly like, I just want to learn to learn. Um, that's a a problem probably even in my personality. Even to this day, like I'm a musician now mostly. Like that's how I make my living. And I was just talking to somebody the other day. Like I have to have I have to have like three or four running artists that I know I can listen to their music 
and I can't do anything with it. Like, uh, um, I don't know if you know, like Bon Iver is a good example of this, like a really accessible answer that most, a lot of people oh, might I know. I thought you were going to say Yanni. No. <laughs> um, uh, but like an artist that makes music that I don't exactly understand what they're doing and I don't have to sit there like thinking, ooh, I bet I could cover this. I should probably do something with this and add it to a list somewhere so that I could, you know, make some money off of someone else's art. Um, <laughs> that's. It's really funny. I don't know Bonavere at all. Um, the only other time I've heard his name, and I, I know this because I was just listening to this episode last night, was from the early 2021 episode called The Future of America is Come On, Man. Did I mention him? That you might, that might be why it's on in that episode. That's might probably be why, why it's on my mind because I just too. listened to it too. Because we're gonna, that's we're reviewing that episode today. That is our goal. In what uh, context did I mention morning. it last year? We were talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's right. And okay, so you she talked about the time when she feigned, uh, like, appreciation that he would take her calls. Yeah, she she had <laughs> this. She she uh, starred out with her. Um, she Taylor Swift had yet another. Which this is by the way. This is like this is her whole thing. Is uh, she had a uh, oh my heavens moment, right? <laughs> like, which I think is kind of famously Taylor. So she steps out onto the stage every night of her life and is like, oh, for me. <laughs> like, yeah, Taylor. Yeah, it's for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there was a, a moment last year, maybe. Maybe it was two years ago where she called Justin Vernon, who's the, the, the front man of uh, Bon Iver and was baffled that he took the call. Um, yeah, interesting. But anyway, I was just saying that to say, like, there is something in me, there's a there's a gene in me that uh, that kind of says, like, well, whatever you're doing, it has to move things forward in some way. Um, and that's when I became a better student. And now uh, I'm not a pastor anymore, and I don't read the Bible anymore. I haven't read much of anything for quite a while. <laughs> Why would you? Uh, yeah. I'm missing it a little bit, though. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to go look for something good to read in the next couple of weeks. It's the holiday season. Time for reading something. You should read uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Yeah, I've never done that. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. I read it every year. Really? I watch The Muppets yeah, every really year. Yeah, it's really good. I watch The Muppets. I love Christmas The Carol. Muppets' Christmas Carol. It's my favorite Christmas movie, but the book is also... That's got to be one of the closest adaptations. I genuinely think that's right. <laughs> well, I know they actually read from the the book a lot. Um, yeah. There's actually quite a bit of original Dickens in the book, uh, in the in the movie. All right. Well, uh, at the risk of us droning on as if we're friends or something, um, let's get to these predictions. <laughs> let's get some work done. Preacher, what's the future? What kind of year is 2022? Will we put a suburb on Mars? Will billionaires park their cars and hit golf balls off at the moon? Preacher, I want to know if anything is looking better to you when you search. Will we all get along like nothing ever goes wrong once we're living inside the meta universe? All right, so last year, um, 
we did this actually it was january of last year it was our first episode of 2020 uh we made some it was called the future of america is come on man that was back and in the days when we made an episode literally every week we, we made 52 straight episodes that's um, right so that's yeah. why we're doing this a little earlier this year <laughs> yeah yeah because we're taking a holiday break and and all that sort of thing uh so what we did was we we made some predictions some prophetic uh prophecies some prophetic speech some prophecies <laughs> there, that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> some prophecies prophetic prophecies about <laughs> about what would happen in 2021 right um and i feel like we got you know a lot of it right and maybe there were a few things that have not yet come to pass um but we still got what a few days here yeah so who knows yeah and so what we're going to do today um is we're actually going to go back through those predictions we both listened to that episode recently as mentioned in the in the buffer of this episode um and we have assigned point values uh to the the level of correctness um of each of our prophecies here which i think is a pretty biblical thing to do yeah right to test to test the prophets or something to that effect (laughs) to make sure that that what they're saying is actually true um for instance Hosea gets a seven out of (laughs) ten famously (laughs) <laughs> right uh jesus and all of his disciples famously get basically like a zero because uh, <laughs> they pretty much all were convinced and predicted one thing that just still hasn't <laughs> happened uh depending on how you read it I don't <laughs> uh by the way did you have prophets in your church growing up did you have people who would like um go up and predict the future and like Oh no! Speak no, no, to no, people no, individually no, and predict no. their future. You've never no. been prophesied over. No. Oh, you've never been thus saith the Lorded. <laughs> never, never. Oh man, I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you one okay. the next time I see you. I'm I can't. Ready. You can't do it over. You can't do oh, it over sure. Zoom. Oh sure, it's yeah. I can yeah. maybe do it in the metaverse. Um, we'll see. Once the VR. <laughs> do you know about the metaverse? <laughs> like Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. But not like Facebook, like better than Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Once we have VR helmets and we can actually enter into a digital, um, a digital space together, then I could possibly, thus saith the Lord, you. Um, yeah, that sounds great. I'm oh man, about so it. that you're at a disadvantage, I think, coming into this. Then I just have to be. I'll have to I rethink have some of the, some of the point value. Um, so how did you assign points for mine? Okay, so scale? I gave you, we, we each gave five predictions, and I, I only gave you up to one point. Up to per, one point. Yeah, so some of them, you got partial points, but it's a, for a total of five possible points. Great. Well, I did yours uh, on a letter scale, so yeah, we'll just that'll work. Great. I'm sure there's a conversion rate somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so you started, and I'll go with you. You said that um, bros who we used to call gym rats, yes, greased up muscles and all that, um, in 2021, we're gonna get really Pilates jacked instead because they can't go to their gym, right? Uh, because of COVID, 
So I I found this this is from Ellie.com. I don't know what Ellie.com is, but um That's some, where some I... kind of like fashion website. Top fitness trends of twenty twenty one was the uh title of this article. Yep. I'm just gonna read you a quote. It's not surprising that low intensity steady state L I S S activities like Pilates and yoga rose in popularity, especially with the with more people becoming conscious of the need to look after their mental and physical well-being, slow down, and stay mindful of their posture alignment as many continue to work from home. A study carried out by Newfield Health last year found that 76% of fitness lovers in Great Britain took up a new form of exercise during lockdown with yoga ranking as the third most popular activity after walking and jogging. I'm going to give you the full point. Yes. That's excellent. Uh, you did really great research on that one, too. Yeah. I tried to find... I, like I took this seriously. Well, I tried to find really good like information like that on some... Some of yours are just really... It's hard to pin down. <laughs> like, like, what exactly happened here? Um yeah, I mean, well, I I did. I, I don't know if I'm, uh, I mean, by by probably you know normal classifications, I was I'm probably a gym rat of sorts. I'm not greasy, big, meathead, muscly, but I pretty much have exercised or worked out in some form at least three or four days a week for my entire adult life. I've I've never not done that, and this past year was totally different. I've installed a pull-up bar in my <laughs> garage and did push-ups and ran and all these different things and I just recently started going back to the gym a little bit um but my calves look amazing <laughs> <laughs> um cool one full point awarded to me um one point and all right so number the, the second predict your first prediction uh from last year was you predicted that um, churches that made a transition in 2020 to fully online services with spaces for people to be together, as that was an option, um, would survive, and churches that refused to actually uh, participate in the way that things were going would not actually survive this. Now... I'm not going to give the full point on this because I think something, and we both thought this was true, um, but something that we didn't exactly foresee is that um, I think churches became even more polarized than they were before. Like one of the trends that I've seen around here is very, very conservative churches that refused to acknowledge that anything was happening the entire time. Some of them actually grew larger in this time. Yeah. Because people were looking for something like that. Their church wasn't meeting, so they went to a more conservative church that denied that any of this thing was happening. So those churches actually saw more people and still have more people and more money and more, like... So churches that... Some some of them re refuse to adapt at all um, are, in fact, doing better now. <laughs> and a lot of the churches that did adapt... Now, this is the, the research that I did find. The, the information that is pretty readily available is... Uh, less people participate in church at all <laughs> right now than ever in American history. Um, yeah. This uh, there's like a long trend down and to the right in in every graph, and it's a steep drop. Um, 
late 2020 and all of 2021. Um, and this is not just evangelicalism. This is um, Catholicism, mainline Protestantism, um, even Islam, mosque attendance and, and participation yep. way, way down. And then evangelicalism way, way down with the exception of the extremely conservative um, people. So I'm, a, I'm awarding a, um, a C plus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll go ahead and call that. Um, there is actually a pretty good conversion chart for that kind of thing. That's a 0. 0.7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a 70%. Point oh, wow. Okay. All right. 0. 0.7. Jeez. Yep. 70%. Uh, this is going to be, I hope you can do the math at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you you hope I can I can add these five numbers together at the end. Yeah, once you get you start in with decimals, I'm done. <laughs> I liked books in high school, but not numbers. Uh. <laughs> All right, number number two for you. Number three. Oh, I did a, I did a uh, lot of like, research on my number two. By the way, <clears throat> I think yeah. this one's this one's an interesting thing that we've not talked oh, about okay. on the podcast yet. Yeah, go ahead. We have not. We have not. You, you, your prediction was that Drew Barrymore would be canceled uh, in 2021, which is, you know, in itself a surprising prediction. Um, but you went on to say that it would be because she was running a sweatshop <laughs> during the filming of E.T. when she herself was, what, seven or eight years old. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um... All right. Well, that wasn't true. That that didn't happen in 2021. That didn't happen, uh, as far as we know, during the filming of ET. Um, so I really tr- I wanted to I wanted to help. You said that as you were in your prophetic state when you were in the the sweat lodge with you Yanni, were listening to Yanni, <laughs> uh, that you there were several images that popped through your head. It could have been Tom Hanks. It could have been Oprah, Chris mm-hmm. Pratt, or The Rock. Uh, but you landed on it was definitely Drew Barrymore and definitely during the ET era. So I'll be honest with you, I looked, um, I looked for places where Drew Barrymore had been embroiled in controversy in 2021. No, she had a great Tom year. Hanks, Oprah, Chris Pratt. You know, maybe Chris Pratt a little bit with his divorce, but there was really nothing there at all. I even tried to. I thought I do well, maybe think Chris, just... Chris Pratt's evangelicalism is is starting to hurt his reputation a little bit. <laughs> That's true. It is actually, you know and how... I, I'm totally serious. Like he he's got yeah. some he's got some things that he's starting to like be a little more vocal about because Christians like it when he is, and other people are not. Like he's he's losing a little bit of his audience, <laughs> gaining a more a more uh, concentrated. He'll be in audience. the next. Uh, like left behind movie. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know how sometimes with if you're, I mean, if you, if you Christians out there have never done any prophecy, you might not know about this. But sometimes you'll get like a prophetic misfire. Um, mm-hmm. like it'll be it'll be right, but you just misunderstood a little. So I looked into like Drew Carey. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I looked at Halle Berry. <laughs> I looked at all the other top build cast members of ET. Nothing. There's no nothing. No controversy surrounding any of these people. Uh, I award you zero points. Oh man. Well, what? Here's what I did discover, and I think that's I think that's fair. It was maybe just a total misfire. Maybe it was preempt. Maybe it was just a little early. 
Um, maybe. Maybe the information just hasn't totally surfaced yet about Well, we're, Drew we're doing another past. prediction episode after this for predictions for 2022. So I could double down on that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use one of my five to double down on Drew Barrymore gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I did discover, though, I just kind of went looking and like, um, and to figure out like, well, who did get canceled last year? And that list is is interesting. There were a few people on the list that were um, interesting. Um, Johnny Depp has pretty much been removed from everything. Uh, Ellen's show will end next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that has anything to do. If that has anything to do with the allegations and the issues, like then that's kind of weird. That you're like, okay, fine. 50 more episodes and then we're out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. another full two years and then we're done. Um, seems a little odd. Plus, she's like 70 years old. I mean, uh, so I don't know if that totally counts. Matt Damon. Um, this is the second time that I Matt Damon has been kind of put on the, the chopping block. But both times, and I mean, other people may have different opinions about this. I have a lot of potentially unpopular opinions about a lot of what happens in cancel culture <laughs> um, kinds of things. But Matt Damon, this is the second time he's kind of been put on the, on the chopping block and found to be okie-dokie. Um, this time it was about LGBTQ stuff. Uh, you know, apparently that he had said some things um, as a as a Boston born and raised um, blue collar white kid that he came up with some, some things and said some things at some point in his past that were unbecoming. And he just like really openly apologized and said, yeah, um, I did. And I don't feel that way anymore. And I'm really sorry. Um, the previous time it was in the me too movement. There was something where he kind of came up and he was like, is there, I just want to do whatever I can to help. And then someone was like, well, it's a little late now, isn't it? <laughs> and so he basically like got in trouble for not standing up early enough for um Yeah. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake had a similar year to Matt Damon. I don't know if you saw the the Britney Spears um documentary. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Which that one's extremely petty. I mean, th- that one's really and I'm not I like Justin Timberlake, but I'm not like here to defend as much as I would just defend like some of this is stupid. Some I would just say some of this is really stupid that uh there was an attempt to like kick Justin Timberlake out of the um A-list celebrity circles because he was a bad boyfriend to Britney Spears when they were 17 or something like that <laughs> according to people's standards for that. Uh and then two more. Um Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah. That one I think Marilyn was Manson. I, I th- and serious allegations and to be totally honest like you know that one is kind of a shocker i would have to say like a lot of people would say yeah Marilyn well, that's what he did, does did crazy stupid things um and now he's canceled and maybe arrested and like some people might say well that's yeah look at him um l- listen to what his music's about and all that. and i would say yeah look at him listen to what his music like you would think that if something was going to, you would think that this guy would have been a target for a really long time, and um, the <laughs> yeah, things like would in have the nineties when he was popular. Yeah, so I I found that one a little bit shocking, just that, um, 
that it took that long. And then the last one, I don't know what you had heard about uh, J.K. Rowling, um, is a little... Oh, yeah, with her, like, some transphobic kind of stuff. Yeah, and that one is the... I think there's a lot of of trans transphobia cancellations, or at least just there's just a lot of learning. Um, like that curve took a really steep turn for everybody. Um, I think yeah, Dave Chappelle yeah. is potentially in some some hot water. Probably not. I mean, Dave Chappelle has said extremely controversial things his entire life, his whole career, and he's also he's, he's also basically said like that's what I'm here to do. If you don't want that don't listen. Um, but I'm going to say the thing that nobody else will say. Um, but kind of thinks sometimes, but JK Rowling, that would be a really shocking one if there were any, um, but the stats that I read said that, uh, Harry Potter books are up in sales, um, since this and that people largely are hearing her whenever. And that's my, uh, that's the thing we haven't talked about on the show, but I, I feel like it would, it would make for it seems like it is a part of the evangelical conversation, of the church conversation, to talk about cancel culture a little bit. The thing that I do keep getting frustrated with is the our inability to hear people say, like, okay, well, that's what I think or what I thought, and I don't want to hurt anybody with it, or I'm sorry for it. Like, how we, we do seem to have a little bit of a, a desire to see people brought to justice for uh, things they used to think or things that they're still processing or things that we're all processing together. I mean, I think the the trans conversation is something that we're all still really processing. This is, this is still pretty new information for, for even the most woke among us. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty new and it's really new for, people who have lived in Appalachia for all their lives and people who have lived yeah. outside of circles of influence where you would actually have any potential to encounter trans people. Yeah, I, that that's a good point. I think, you know, I, I similarly feel some kind of tension about the whole, about cancel culture in general. Um, I think that there's, real value in deplatforming people who are going to do harmful stuff. And it's, it's a cool way. Like it's, it is good that the um, community has the, the ability to censure someone just by turning them off. Yeah. Um, but we do, I mean, this is part, this is all part of like soundbite culture in politics and so forth. Like we don't, allow anybody a narrative yeah Um, yeah you know there's it's the same thing about like uh every in politics when you grow or learn anything you're called a flip-flopper you know Mm -hmm. um wishy-washy whatever and so you're not allowed to you're not allowed to get better and also like anything that you said in the past yeah so i think there's there's some real problematic um there's not a lot of grace in the conversation. Um, but there's also, a, I think a, you know, a helpful power dynamic there. It's, it's a, there's a justice to it for sure. Yeah. Um, there is a justice to it, but then there is also like a, a lack of due process, I think is the thing that I, 
that I would like to see happen. And and ultimately, because I'm absolutely for um, the idea of of the censorship of people who spread hate, like I'm I'm 100% for that. But I would also just caution and and hope that we could, as a society, start to recognize that, like, hey, if <laughs> if Matt Damon says, I'm on board now. I'm sorry I wasn't before. I'm on board now. If our response is, well, it's too late, buddy. Now you're canceled. Like, you got to realize, well, then that hurts your movement. That actually that actually slows the progress. Um, like, because the idea of any kind of movements that bring more justice to more people and more awareness to more um, communities is a is an evolving and growing thing. Like, we have to recognize, okay... Well, if, if our movement is doing anything, that means that people maybe felt one way about trans people a couple of years ago and may have said things and done things and had opinions then that now are changing because of what we're doing. And we have to have grace for that, not because we owe those people forgiveness. or I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying that's proof that your movement is working. <laughs> that's yeah, proof our, that what you... If something is working, then we have to honor where somebody is. Yeah. The, honor the, the fact that somebody's coming along. Yeah, so cancel culture, I think, is like... Often is very obsessed with trying to write the most negative narrative possible. Like, we don't... We didn't want someone to grow. We just wanted a really spicy story. Um, we just really we wanted to see somebody burn for what they did or what they said or whatever, um, and I think that's the thing that it's like, hey, this needs to be about progress, and if it's about progress, then there should be some kind of system of grace that says, yeah, do better, bro, like, <laughs> yeah, be best. Which to I quote mean, Melania I think Trump, we should say again, which this we is should different do more often. This is different than talking about justice for crimes committed. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I think Marilyn a lot Manson, of the, the Me Too movement crime. was about was about like men who took advantage of women and were just got off free, you know, yeah. for, for a very long time until people started having the safety to tell their stories. And that's that obviously is a good thing. That's different. Yep. yep. Anyways, I, I, I know this is not what this that was prediction is number to be two, about, but big part of the conversation of 2021 uh number uh number two for you um i think i i think you're gonna get zero points for this just because of the timeline uh the the prediction was that the united methodist church would split in 2021 um and actually become uh, would have an affirming arm and a non-affirming arm basically um, and yeah. as far as I can tell, that did not happen yet. Now, yeah, that's that prophecy, right. The, the general like, conference got canceled again. Yeah. Um, so much like the Drew Barrymore prophecy. I'm going to double down prophecy. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> much I'm like the Drew down. Barrymore prophecy about uh, uh, slave labor during the E.T. era. Maybe we just don't know yet what's going to happen there. Yeah. So <laughs> you get zero points as of right now. Uh, that's fair but i, I still not, think it's a great I prediction it. and it's probably true just not yet number three for both of us okay number three um so this is tricky you you prophesied that in 2021 we would see a movement toward depolarization uh the 
the whole episode was titled after this prophecy, the future of America is come on, man. Yeah. Um, and all right. So on the one hand, we published that. I can't remember exactly when we recorded it, but we published that episode on January 4th of 2020. <laughs> and two days later, <laughs> a bunch of people stormed the Capitol and tried to hang Mike Pence. Yeah. Uh, which wouldn't indicate a movement toward depolarization just right out of the gate. <laughs> um, I might disagree with that, but go ahead. So, <laughs> so, all right. Well, some some research that I came across shows um, that about seventy percent of Americans believe that the country is greatly divided. And I mean, you've already named this, like we've seen it in church trends that uh, churches have become more and more polarized. Um, and in particular, that individuals have, we're at a 50 year high uh, in having negative opinions about individuals of other political persuasions. So if you're a Democrat, you not only disagree with Republicans about their uh their beliefs and their policies, you think they're evil people. And if you're a Republican, uh, you not only disagree with Democrats, you think that they're bad people. Um, I mean, in broad strokes, right? But we as Americans think that more than ever. But this research also suggests that we're actually, in terms of our actual policy beliefs, we're actually closer together than we've ever been. Interesting. Uh, and and it it um, suggests this is of course is just a guess. You know the research says all that, but the researchers guess that this is because of um, social media. We we can see so much of each other's opinions now. Um, so instead of I'm just watching Fox News or I'm just watching CNN, I'm just like I'm I'm just getting my side's story. I now am, you know, on Facebook with my uncle and I see what he has to say as well. Um, and so I, it makes me hate him, right? It makes me think he's a terrible person, but I also get exposed to like his rationality and that we actually have come closer together in what we think, even though we're more and more angry at each other for thinking it. Um, Interesting. So I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a half point for. Yeah, that. I appreciate that half point. I will accept. I think that's I think that's an appropriate. Um, uh, I'm just writing it down real quick. And I will say, like, so th this is what has happened for me a little bit. I have found myself a couple of times, um, so, you know, stumble across something on Facebook or whatever. It's like a video about, um, let's say, like the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And I'll watch the video, and I'm five minutes into the video, and I'm like, I agree with it. This is really, this is helpful. This is good. I wish more people could hear this. And then the conclusion of the video is the wrong conclusion as far as I'm concerned, right? So it's like all this buildup, and I'm like, I agree with everything you're saying here. This is all seems fair. This is a good treatment of this story. And then your conclusion was the wrong conclusion. Um but that's helping me. That's helping me to see the world a little bit better. 
Um, and I, I think that's, I think that's happening more and more that we may actually see, uh, even, even like January 6th, the reason I say, you know, it kind of looks a little bit like the opposite of what we're saying. Um, but then in another respect, I, I don't think that the most, um, uh, I can't think of right, the right word for this, but like the craziest supporters of the far right or the far left are going to get less crazy or less vocal or anything. What I think is happening is that the middle ground between is growing. So I think, you know, January 6th is a moment where a lot of Republicans are like, well, not like that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like a lot of Republicans right. are watching and saying, oh, I'm not that kind of Republican. I just want to distance myself just a little bit from people who would storm the Capitol and, and kill police officers um, in order to attempt to kill the the vice president and the speaker of the house um so i i'm i may continue to double down on that but i also i will also say my spirit was broken a little bit um in in the midst of it all too i want to keep believing this and i may keep predicting it every year for the foreseeable future um just as a way of saying like it's important that i believe this is going to happen you're making a prophecy about your (laughs) prophecies that's (laughs) <laughs> those good. are the easiest to make <laughs> <laughs> prophecies about things i'm going to do in the future <laughs> yeah. i predict i will finish this cup of coffee and this podcast and then breakfast <laughs> uh number three for you you suggested that the remaining black members of the southern baptist convention would leave the domin- denomination um and that the denomination, you also said like the 11 members. So you, you even made the, the tongue in cheek comment that like, okay, it's not like there's a whole lot of, um, of, of black people still in the Southern Baptist convention. Um, you predicted that they would leave, uh, in the midst of all of the, um, is it the critical race theory is yeah, somewhere in the middle you know, of all of this. It's interesting. We're now having a big cultural conversation about critical race theory because because um, people started to bitch about it being taught in which is it's not being taught in schools, by the way. Right. Like, no, critical race theory is a is a legal theory um, taught in graduate like law school. Uh, no elementary school <laughs> student right. is learning critical race theory, <laughs> but. That conversation started in Southern Baptist seminaries. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of white Southern Baptist seminary presidents saying critical race theory, you know, can't be taught in our schools because it's not in line with Southern Baptist doctrine. Um, were any and people got like, pissed? Were any decisions made about that in the in the Southern Baptist seminaries? In the last uh, well, year, yeah, I mean, like it was it was what they're doing. The, with that? the decision had already been made before I made that prophecy, uh, and I was just prophesying that people would continue to leave uh, because of it, and that did happen. Um, although, I think the other part of the prophecy I made. Did you have any any more to say about that point, wise? Because I can. Uh. No, no, I am awarding half a point um, because the information that I found on it, basically, 
indicated that yes, there's a decline. Um, it has been declining for the last couple of years. I couldn't see uh, a really steep like kind of stopping point as I was hearing the prediction that like something would happen here and that everyone with with black skin would say, well, we're no longer welcome here. Um, it's just, it's a clearer way of giving the prophecy. I get that, and I know it's probably not what you meant. Um, but I am going to give a, a half point on on that because this conversation, also I'm giving a half point because of the amount that the conversation came into the forefront of the news and everywhere uh, as a result yeah. of this. Um, well, I could have been hearing the, that a little bit in your in your yawning chamber. Sure, um, sure, yeah. The other part of the the prophecy that I made, and I'm, I th- I mean I think this is a good thing as far as it goes. Um, I said that Al Mohler, uh, mm-hmm. who was he was slated to become the next president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he was a big part of this. He's one of these seminary presidents who these six white seminary presidents who said we you can't teach critical race theory in our seminaries. Um, and so a lot of the controversy surrounding all of this was that Al Mohler was probably going to become the next president. And this was just another of, of the Southern Baptist convention. And this was just like another, um, refusal to listen to the, the black SBC members that were saying, Hey, this is a problem. Um, and so what they did instead is they, they did not. So I, I predicted that Al Mohler would go ahead and become the next president anyway. All the black people would leave and the convention wouldn't care. Uh, instead, helpfully, they did elect someone else, um, a guy named Ed Litton, who's a white, a white dude, of course. Um, but he is. He has been known for many years to be working on uh, on race problems. Um, so it's a. It's an olive branch. I think it was a like way too little, way too late. Uh, but it is, it's going to hold the denomination together for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, I this this may just be something for the next episode because it's a bit of a a prophecy. I don't want to waste one of my prophecies on it, so I might throw it in here. But I, I do think from <laughs> from my seat within evangelicalism, um, <clears throat> I think one thing that you may not have. Uh, a super clear look into is the influence of um, excruciatingly large, like giga church, or, or or there needs to be a word bigger than mega or giga church for um, churches like Elevation Church uh, that have, which may which may actually be the most influential church in all of evangelicalism, which has ties to the Southern Baptist Convention, and would be very much on the side of lefty-leaning teachings about critical race theory. It's also a church that has a little bit more um, charismatic culture in it, and so it's extremely uh, um, black. Like, there's a lot of black people in this community. Um, And then I also think people like David Platt, uh, I just think we can't, um, discount the influence of celebrity in this conversation mm-hmm. and the celebrities yep. within the young celebrities within the Southern Baptist Convention um, are extremely powerful, extremely influential. And though they have not actually participated at the highest levels um, of 
you know, they're not being named presidents of this. They're not, they're probably not even interested in it. Um, I do think the Southern Baptist Convention has to take into account, well, what if Andy Stanley says something against us? What if, yeah. what if Stephen Furtick speaks out against us? What if others kind of follow David Platt and, and uh, are, are critical of our position on these things? Do we lose even all of our young white people? Um, yeah, along with it, yeah. and that's the that's the part that I think will be interesting to see how it how it plays out and what level of influence. Like, and we're talking about people here that I'm I'm not a big fan of anymore so much. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not saying like, but I but I do see how there's kind of a steps towards progress because of these um, young billion dollar. Uh, congregations that are at least interested in seeing the world move forward. Um, yeah. I feel I'm going to have a prediction, I think about David Platt this year. Mm, I interesting. I, I can just, I don't know what it is, but I can feel the stirrings of the spirit. Oh, you don't have to explain it to me, bro. I know. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> uh, um, next one. Number four, you said, uh, that Donald Trump will disappear. I'm interested to hear um, your, whether you, what amount of points I may be awarded here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did, we had a little bit of conversation about whether this is like a metaphysical, like, did he actually disappear? Oh. Like, get him. Oh, oh shit. You're just. <laughs> Podcast, let's go on. <laughs> I'm trying to get light over here. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> Drew just fell out of his chair. Everybody all right? <laughs> oh. I'm just I'm I'm sitting here trying to talk about Donald Trump and what are you talking literally about? fell out of his chair. <laughs> you I was trying to go get some light. I was happened. going I was getting increasingly darker over here in the corner. I don't know what's happening uh to the sun today. Um I was going to get a lamp. All right. Uh, so Donald Trump um, you, yeah, you said Donald Trump would disappear. We had some conversation about whether this meant, like, actually, just, like, he's abducted and nobody, like, he <laughs> got taken in the rapture or something. Um, D- or is that possible? Kind of have you seen it into the background. I haven't seen him. I mean, if he did get taken in the rapture, I don't know what happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let me just say, if Donald Trump got taken in a rapture... I don't want to be taken in that rapture. So well, I mean, we didn't we do an episode just recently about how you want you to want be to be left behind. behind. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so I'm gonna I'm giving you the full point for this. Uh, you said that Republicans would pretend that he never existed and they never supported him. That Christians, like evangelical Christians, would pretend that he never they never supported him. I don't think that that has fully happened yet because I don't think he's far enough from the seat of power there's still you know speculations about 2024 and so forth um but i don't hear evangelicals talking about donald trump anymore yeah Uh, and i thought that he would become a pundit i thought he would be like a breitbart i thought we would see him on the news he would be a talking head uh and he hasn't he's been he's been out of the conversation we have largely forgotten about donald trump and so i'm gonna give you the full point my response to that was uh well, we're forgetting here that he's an idiot. Um, like when he's, like that even even the pundits we hate the most are quick on their feet and they're witty 
and they're like yeah. and he's none of those things and i think now that he doesn't have the power anymore that's becoming clearer and clearer like well obviously For we're sure. not going to use a quote from this guy uh listen well, but read he it. could have had an audience if he won yeah, i just thought he, there's he no way would. the guy's not going to pick up a microphone and if if he had a microphone he would have an audience uh and he could get a microphone if he wanted one um yeah. and i'm, he just, seems I'm to surprised be he doesn't i feel like he might be laying low i mean to some i don't know if i don't know if this is a matter of like um the left-led um social media cancel initiative that's been taken on him like maybe i'm not hearing from him because he has been censored to a level that it's can't be on twitter um, or something yeah maybe but to some extent i just feel like he has a media machine yeah that's uh i don't know there's something in me that's it's still the hopeful side of me that's like i really wonder if he's in involved in some kind of investigation if he's laying low in some way because yeah he might actually be uh in trouble uh or or maybe he just doesn't have anything to gain anymore from it um your next prediction is actually a very interesting one, and I was excited to see um, something come of this, but I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to say nothing that I could see came of this at all. Uh, num- your number four prediction was that Taylor Swift would come out as a witch and that we would have an honest conversation in 2021 about Wicca. Um, and I, I won't say that that won't happen still, uh, but I do think that what was what was looking like it was about to happen um, just didn't happen. when this yeah. prediction was being made kind of just fell off completely. And now we're mostly talking about Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she wants to cancel him for being a bad boyfriend um, a lifetime ago. So I think that's a zero points awarded thing. And uh, do you want to have a do you want to have a conversation about Taylor Swift here for a little while? See if you've no, converted. See I'm, if I've come along. Any? I I absolutely do not want to talk for about our Taylor Swift at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad for our friendship to talk it about is. Taylor Swift. I think uh, <laughs> she's come up a lot uh, here recently with all of my musician friends and every, we, we've been we've been back in the conversation. But yeah, my my new thing I, is I stand by thing. it. I love Taylor Swift. I don't care what you say. Oh shucks. That's my Taylor Swift impression of you saying that. Aw, shucks. <laughs> you like me? Aw, shucks. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got one um, last. Last one. Okay, yeah. here it is. Uh, you said, now, long-time Christians will know that we are huge fans on this show. Of, and me more than you, I think. But... Uh, that we're both pretty big fans of the show. <laughs> we're about to find Cobra out Kai. how much more you than me, because you haven't, you still haven't seen. I still this, didn't even watch the season. next season. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the season three of Cobra Kai came out on New Year's Day of uh, twenty. So it actually, your prediction um, was already defunct by the time the show, by the time this came out. um so but we didn't know yet because we were we made the predictions in december um so i watched it on new year's day i watched the entire season (laughs) 10 hours of cobra kai and i'm prepared like i'm already buying fancy snacks for 
season four. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I just want to go. I, I do want to go on record and say that's the correct way to consume Cobra Kai. And yes. I don't consume television like that very much. Like when I watched the first two seasons and really enjoyed them, I, I had a lot of fun. I watched them nonstop. It was it was at a time where we were still kind of stuck in quarantine. And it was like, well, what else are we going to do? Let's watch five hours of television today and five hours tomorrow. And we'll be done with the whole season. That's how I consumed it. That didn't happen for me in 2021. <laughs> so every time I tried to turn it on, I was like, I'm not watching this right now. Uh, yeah. But it didn't happen. There was no honka honka. So, well, okay. Here's here's the thing. Uh, your prediction was that Dan- Daniel and Johnny would have a big fight. Yeah. Um, and that Daniel would... Sorry, the the Johnny would hold Daniel by his hair and do the famous like he's about to jam his nose into his brain. Yep. And then he would stop and honka honka his nose. Uh and then he would join Daniel and Johnny would join forces to take down John Kreese's Cobra Kai. Now, that happened. Yeah. The second part happened um the show didn't just really disappointingly did not take the route of the nose honk. I it would have been just a brilliant. I I, I can only assume they're holding it for Mike Barnes this season because <laughs> what a perfect, um, what a perfect ending that would have been. So I'm gonna award you three quarters of a point, seventy five percent. You were right about the overall prediction. You just missed the, you. You were too. You jumped the gun on the honk. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, and so I, that I have gives to, you. I have to admit something. Uh, okay. I did not use prophetic gifting in that. I used my, um, my literary knowledge that I gained post college of reading by reading books, <laughs> many many <laughs> stories, and s- starting to realize that uh, neither uh, Johnny nor Daniel were the antagonist here. They are both the protagonist. We're, we're pulling for both of them in their own complicated ways. And I was seeing that, like, well, season three, you have to have an antagonist. Um, so your protagonists are going to have to join forces against. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's really good formulaic um, story writing. Um, it's what we want, and that's that's what Cobra Kai is. It's like it's giving you what you want. It's it's bad guys against good guys doing karate. Like what? That's Perfect. story writing one hundred and one. Can you ask? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so point seven five, and that gives me a grand total. Uh, and we'll find out whether your next prediction that gives uh, you well, if you've been if you've been doing the math, uh, it gives you a grand total of three and one quarter points nice is that right yep that's what i got 3.25 points i gotta say that's a solid score that's not especially especially when we compare it to yours in here here in just a second i think it's i think it's pretty clear which one of us has been prophesied over uh (laughs) in life i mean it is it it is a d if you're giving it a letter grade that's a 65 (laughs) percent hey that's a passing grade <laughs> These get degrees. <laughs> I don't have to go to summer school. Um, your last prediction 
yet again, I think is potentially a little premature. I am gonna um I am gonna give you point seven points again because I think you've got okay. a really solid true pr- prediction here that I just can't quite award full points to. Um, but you predicted that Beth Moore would be farewelled by evangelicalism and then make more money than ever on her next book. Um, she has not yet published or even begun advertising a post Southern Baptist convention um, or even post evangel. I don't, I don't know that she's even really left evangelicalism and evangelicalism no. by and large. It's just the is, nationalism of the yeah. Southern Baptist convention. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they seem to, which, which I think it, it, that's progress, right? Like that's a good thing to yeah, some extent. Sure. I mean, it's not as good for the story. It'd be great to see extremely influential people like Beth Moore just be like, fuck you guys, I'm out. And then us to say like, well, wait a second, why did Beth Moore leave? Because we really liked her. Um, and then have to really examine some things. That would be fun. But this is also good, I think, to have someone like Beth Moore come out and say, let's stop it with the nationalism and calling that Christianity. Let's stop with the Trumpism and calling that Christianity. And let's be honest about the fact that there's some a lot of stuff happening here that is nothing like Christ at all. And evangelicalism even if there's not a, a massive repentance, there's at least a lot of people being like, well, yeah, that's that's fine to say. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them saying, like, we're not going to change, but you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, th- that book has not yet been published. I do think you're right. Her next book will be her best-selling ever, and she has sold a lot of books. I, but I, I think she's going to make, to quote you, a mint on whatever she does next. Um, but the, the conversation about whether or not she'll be farewelled, that's an interesting one. Um, and the, the farewell thing is a reference for any Christian listeners who don't know the whole narrative. Like, so Rob Bell was the, the famous evangelical pastor who was famously farewelled for writing a book about basically questioning, um, the existence of hell in the ways that it's presented in most of evangelicalism. Um, I yeah, think it's a reference to a tweet. Didn't somebody, John Piper, John somebody Piper. tweeted yeah. farewell, Rob Bell. Yeah. This is the famous um, tweet. Well, I, I was saying all that to say though, that I think, I think evangelicalism has moved forward. And like if Rob Bell wrote that book today and he were, and, and if he were an evangelical pastor today and he re- wrote and released that book, no one would care. I mean, somebody would care, and John Piper might say farewell, and a lot of people would be like, we don't care what John Piper thinks. Um, at the time, it was a much smaller club and had yeah. much more um, solidly defined lines, but I think those lines are getting blurrier and blurrier. I think what Rob was hitting into there, and that's been Rob Rob Bell's you know, gifting for years and years and years, not necessarily as someone who is the thought leader, but someone who's got a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's happening. And so when he wrote that book, it wasn't new information as much as it was like, I think we're all thinking this. I just thought I'd say it for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we did a, we actually talked about this particular thing. Uh, I, I can't remember sometime in the intervening time since we made, since I made these predictions um, and you gave me, you already assigned me some sort of point value for this. Uh, she still, 
you know, she hadn't written a book, of course. Um, but I think it was Al Mohler. Yeah. Who tweeted, go home, Beth Moore. Yes. Yes. Um, which is really close to farewell, Beth Moore. Uh, that's totally true. But the thing that's the, and, and the thing I'm saying, cause, and that's a, that's an excellent, uh, prophecy that's an excellent read on what's actually happening what's interesting about it all and why of course maybe you didn't get your your full point value there is evangelicalism did not follow him like mm-hmm. extremely mm-hmm. powerful people at the top who we who 10 15 years ago if he had said that then she would have gone home that would have been it for her. She yeah. would have been canceled That's with right. evangelicalism. Now this is such a splintered thing that Rob Bell was unanimously kicked farewell. out. That's a that's a great point. It can't happen point. anymore, really. Um, and it's you know this is a a, a re- ongoing conversation of this podcast is to say like well Christian Christian doesn't mean anything anymore. Even evangelical doesn't really mean much anymore. It's it's so. It's such a cultural thing. It's like it's becoming more and more like synonymous with the word American uh, or Appalachian or whatever. It's like, well, you're not even Appalachian anymore. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm still from Appalachia. Uh, <laughs> I still live kind of in Appalachia now. So, like, you can't really say that. Um, I think the lines of what what is considered evangelical what is considered the camp are uh, the the borders are just not even there anymore um which is good and bad um it means a lot of people yeah. are using this title um for themselves when they have no connection to Jesus whatsoever it's it's what right, i've been they- putting out on instagram here lately like the the four tenets of evangelicalism and kind of pointing out that like Jesus doesn't satisfy any of these. Like Jesus wouldn't be an evangelical. He you wouldn't let him in. <laughs> you would say, "Do you believe any of these four things?" And Jesus would say, "I don't believe any of those four things." Um, so yeah. Jesus wouldn't be allowed in. That's it, man. So uh, what you is got my? 1. I didn't add it up. You got one point nine. I got three point two five. You got one point nine. You had oh, two. That's really bad. Two goose eggs. Um. Yeah, for the for the UM the the United Methodist split, um, it just right, right. just a goose egg there because it just didn't happen yet. I mean, that's something that if you wanted to predict it again next year and it happened next year, I'd give you two points next year. Um, is that right? Two yeah, points. Yeah, it, it could help you next year. Oh, well, um, but I'm, it just I'm definitely doing it now. It just decidedly didn't didn't happen. Um, and the Taylor Swift thing just didn't happen. Didn't um, pan out at all. Yeah, which all of mine, fortunately, some level of them came through. Man, that was rough. That was rough. Um, okay, so next time uh, we're gonna tell you, you know, what's gonna happen in twenty twenty two. At if if we're if the trend holds, something like sixty percent. Uh, yeah, is is how good we are. <laughs> yeah, we're which we're is- base. I mean, which is as good as a weatherman. It's a weather it? weather weather fight weather fighter. I <laughs> a weather fighter? That's what they're called? They're weather fighters? <laughs> that's what that's the the gender neutral term that Gwendolyn and I always use for like 
you know, because <laughs> you don't talk about a fireman anymore. It's a firefighter. So. Yeah, police fighter. Yeah, police fighter. That's, fighter. Uh, that seems appropriate over the last couple fighter of years friend. to call them. Yeah. <laughs> What's that for? Man friend? Woman friend? Boyfriend. Like boyfriend, girlfriend. girlfriend. Got it. This is a fighter friend. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, next episode, uh, along with the predictions everything, will also be our final episode of 2021. We will be coming back at you uh, in 2022. We hope that you'll continuing that you'll continue sharing and passing these episodes around. You can go back and listen to some stuff. Um, I think in the next season. So we're going to take like three weeks off. Right? Yeah, like after, three weeks. After these two episodes, we're going to be off for like the two weeks surrounding Holiday before Christmas stuff. and yeah. and the one after New Year's. Which we shouldn't talk about Christmas too much though, Joe. This is America. People should be free to celebrate the birth of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ however they see fit. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're free. Uh, you're free to celebrate little baby Jesus however you want. Preacher, what's the future? What kind of year is 2022? Will we put a suburb on Mars? Will billionaires park their cars and get golf balls off at the moon? Preacher, I wanna know if anything is looking better to you when you search. Will we all get along like nothing ever goes wrong once we're living inside the meta universe?